<laughs> Welcome to the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so happy you can be here with us. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. We're going to talk about all sorts of fun stuff today, but starting off with yarny stuff. Um, for news, we have our Stripes in Space Mystery Knit Along currently going. It goes through the end of July. Clue five is already out. So all of the clues are out. Yeah. So if you're if you're uh, waiting to jump in, like now's a great time. You have a full month to finish it, finish a shawl. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. And then we have public discords open if you want to chit chat about it, get a taste of what it's like being in our big discord group. It's super fun stuff. Yes, Stripes yes. Strikes the space mystery knit along. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So let's jump into this yarny content. Did you finish anything this week? Yeah. I don't have it with me. <laughs> it's your ripple bralette. It's my ripple bralette and it looks really good and I'm really happy about it. And I want it to be cute and match Lauren and wear it for the recording today. But if you're on the video, you can see that I am not in my normal location. The air conditioning in my home went out. So I am at my brother-in-law's house while we get new air conditioning. And uh, that is also where the bralette is in my house, not this house. So I don't have it, but we can, we can. We can be cute and wear them next week. By next week, I might even have another one. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you never know. I'm very small. (laughs) (laughs) I did finish something. Oh, we should say what it was made out of. Um, Yes, it was made. All those, all the details. Out of Mitchell's creations in the drunken unicorn colorway on the Laniop base. And uh, I had like. 30 something grant almost 40 grams left over uh yes so i'll do something with that someday and the pattern is by uh jesse may and it is the ripple bralette i finished something i finished a pair of socks ah yeah oh i have a little helper here um he's so helpful i have a pair of socks i had some mystery deep stash it feels like I think it's a European sort of wool. It feels much like Regia or Opal does, like, uh, but it, it was indie dyed. Um, so nice coarse wool nylon blend. Uh, my partner likes sturdy socks. Uh, I do a little bit of ribbing all the way up for a little extra, uh, I don't know, fittedness because I'm nice. Yeah. And then I did a little pink contrast cuff where I have two by two ribbing. So I think these turned out really well. I'm hoping they fit him. We will see when he returns home from the wars. He's not, never mind. Fire wars. (laughs) Yes. The wars with nature. So my partner has extra wide feet. He has to buy special shoes, but normal legs. So I decrease My stitch count is 80 stitches through the foot and then 72 stitches through the leg. So when I did my flegal heel on these, I just kept decreasing until I got to 72 stitches, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, It it makes for kind of an interruption here of the pattern, Uh, but he's not going to treat these socks nice, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, a little extra hedgehog fibers to this hot pink cuff. I think it's fun. They're really cute. Mm-hmm. Those are my finished object. Now for whips. What have you been working on? Uh, stuff and things. Stuff and things. I have mostly worked on my witch's brew socks. Mm-hmm. You're on to sock two now? I am. So I have There's so many 
so many socks. This is sock one. Mm-hmm. Totally done. It's huge. Um, it is huge. It, it goes all the way up to my knee, just like below Excellent. my knee. So very long socks uh, for ultimate witchiness. And I am already this far on the second sock. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you already placed your marker for the heel and everything? I don't need to place a marker because I just go off the stripies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I do need to. Um, you don't even mark the center stitch. Uh, so I will probably now uh, that I'm about. I have to start like caffeine increases at some point, but I don't really need to mark the center stitch when I know what the first stitch is. It's mm-hmm. easy to figure out. Mm-hmm. I always just place it kind of close to when I'm doing it so that I can see where the center is. I um, so what I do is I basically follow the column of stitches down from the end and then I just start Mm -hmm. picking up my legs from there and uh, just pick up legs until I have the right number of stitches and that's how I figure out where my heel goes. Clever, clever. I dropped a needle. Not one that was in the stitches though. No, I have extra needles in my bag because I went to go see uh, the Red Line Performing Arts production of Hairspray here in Louisville, and uh, I didn't want to work on the ribbing in the play, but I could work on vanilla in the play, so I left this on the needles and started the second sock, so I have extra needles (laughs) in the bag because I had two going at once. And those will probably get done pretty quickly because i'm about to be in the car a lot (laughs) yeah yeah sock sock time for sure Mm -hmm. um i was naughty and i cast on another ripple bralette oh no (laughs) (laughs) it had um some leftovers of some of my yarn so and it doesn't take me much yarn at all to do a bralette because i'm a very petite person (laughs) actually cast it on on my tiny twists why because <laughs> it, it fits I don't need to have big needles I didn't want to do it magic I prefer to do things on fix well not fix but on circulars rather of the right length rather than magic loop when I can and I I use the longest cable and the longer needles and it, it honestly it fits pretty good um, this is my Spectre 4 colorway. There is on my matte sock base. I still have some of this left over. It's a nice gray toned purple with some uh, neon yellow speckles and some purple speckles. It makes me happy. And I think I'm going to do a different style. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try for a different style of bralette. I'm going to do a lot of the one by one twisted ribbing. Um, because it's so much negative ease, you have to knit it longer than it'll be on you. But my plan is to have it kind of, I'm hoping that it'll start like at the bottom of my rib cage. And then I'm going to decrease along the sides, like the cup shaping, but I'm going to leave the stitches live in the middle. So that it'll just come up to the sides and be a flat neck. Mm -hmm. So it'll come up higher through the neck. So a slightly different design. Yeah. Modification of it. And I'm really excited. It's the only thing I've been wanting to knit on lately. It's going to be so cute. Yeah. Who doesn't need a little purple bralette? I've been wearing, I wear tons of bralettes when it's hot. And honestly, I wear them in the winter when it's cold too. And I don't go anywhere because I don't go anywhere because I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. Bralettes all the time. Yeah. going to make so many. And then I also worked a little bit 
on my ripple crop top which is by the same designer this is officially the jesse may podcast um i didn't get too much done i'm working on this out of some hand spun but i got most of the front yeah you didn't have the cuppies yet Mm -mm. yeah so i have like the fronts is being worked yeah i want one of them yeah you want me to make you one Maybe that might be nice. <laughs> I wouldn't have to make it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I like to knit vanilla projects mm-hmm. and you often knit your own things. I do. Yes, that's all I do. You don't have a ripple crop top yet, huh? No. Okay, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. Oh, exciting. <laughs> I have to find some yarn. I don't have any single skein. Well, I, only, I only have single skeins, so... I probably even have some I could send you. <laughs> I have, I mean, I could knit, I could knit a sample out of some of my yarns. Mm-hmm. If you like something that I'm doing. I like everything you do. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I want to knit like Breeze Razorbacks. Like I want to knit the Ripple Camisole. I'm just in a really big Jesse May phase right now. Mm-hmm. Don't I've I've decided to stop fighting it. It's fair. Just do these Embrace things. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to like when you have like creative like energy, you just have to let it go. You have to follow it until it runs out. Yes. That's what I've been doing lately. Nice. What else have you been working on? I started a new thing. Yay. I get so uh, excited. So my mom is turning 60 this year. And she has suggested that she would really enjoy a lace shawl (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, in honor of such an occasion. And she Mm -hmm. did tell me that she gave me like lots of warning. She like told me like last year, like when it was two Mm -hmm. years before her birthday uh, Mm -hmm. that she would like this. And I, you know, I'm me. So I haven't, I haven't started it until now. And her birthday is July 26th. Um, And well, I've knit a giant lace shawl in much less time than that because designing. Those of you just listening, my jaw dropped. <laughs> yes. And so uh, I one of the things I couldn't talk about in December was the tea shop shawl through Knit Picks, mm-hmm. uh, which was a giant lace shawl and would have been perfect for my mom. But I had to knit it in the Knit Picks alpaca cloud lace. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is beautiful. Uh, but my mom doesn't like wool or alpaca because she thinks, no, because she thinks they are scratchy. She thinks the slowest micron, cron accounts, or micron count of uh, merino is scratchy. So. My, my mother-in-law shares a similar wool aversion, but mm-hmm. I am slowly challenging that. But there's and so many good. My mom is allergic to a lot of things, so she might have like a lanolin allergy that causes mm-hmm. it to like not work for her, even if it's super soft. Uh, mm-hmm. But she doesn't like the alpaca because of like the little guard hairs that stick out, mm-hmm. which that I get if you're not used to that. That could be a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so I am knitting a 100% silk shawl for her because I am a nice daughter. Um, what 
Tell me about the yarn. Uh, the yarn is Knit Picks. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's called Luminance. Uh, it's a mm. they're 100% silk lace base. Um, and I did get the hand painted stuff. I don't have my label in my bag, uh, so I forgot what color it is. But it's it like like a little blush color. Yeah, it's kind of it's a like little like pale berry color. I feel like mm-hmm. it's like kind of like a really pale raspberry and there's like some purple tonality. It is one of their mm-hmm. hand painted lines. Um, they do solids of this too, but I just, that's boring. Uh, so mm-hmm. I am knitting this and I am doing a whole design for it. Cause if I'm going to knit a whole lace shawl, I might as well be able to sell mm-hmm. the pattern for it instead of knitting mm-hmm. someone else's pattern. So I have charted out a whole thing. Uh, I really like it so far and here it is. It's gorgeous. It looks uh, kind of feather florally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of florally. They're kind of like alternating little floral feathers. And then they're going to go up into some like diamondy column kind of things. Um, and it is a crescent shape, as you can see. Mm-hmm. It's a little tiny Beautiful. crescent right now. And I am alternating skeins mm-hmm. because I did think that these were pretty different looking in the mm-hmm. skein which is one reason why I should get over the solid color because then I wouldn't have to do that. Um, But it's not that bad. I'm just doing it every other row and carrying it up the side. So it's fine. Uh, Yes, there are going to be beads. I don't have the beads in my project bag. That's a thing I need to pack before we go to Chicago this weekend. Um, I probably won't need them though because I think I'm just going to do the beads like on the like last bit basically Mm -hmm. to weight it down so it lays nice Mm -hmm. as opposed to like full beads Mm -hmm. um yeah so I'll probably just do the beads on like the last repeat of the thing Mm -hmm. and this is like just about a repeat thickness Mm -hmm. so gorgeous yeah so that is a thing that I am working on and I have they are like kind of shiny like pinky purpley beads that will kind of they'll, they'll like blend into this more than they will be super pop outy so it'll just be like a little bit of sparkle very fun i'm excited i can't wait to see how it turns out you do such pretty things with lace maybe i'll have to make a beaded shawl sometime yeah beaded. Sh- i haven't done a beaded lace i've only knit one beaded lace shawl ever with beads in it and it was the taboo by boo knits i did the mcal many years late and that was 100% silk too. Yeah. I've always I, wanted to do the Celestarium. Yeah, it's very pretty. I have also always wanted to do that too. It's just such a cool idea. That's a pattern that uh, has beads for different constellations in the night sky, if you're not familiar with it. And there's, a, there's two versions. I think they're different names. There's one with the Northern Hemisphere constellations and the Southern Hemisphere constellations. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. If you're into astronomy and... Uh, putting beads onto dark colored yarn. I mean, you don't have to do dark colored yarn, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of work. It does seem like a lot. Have Uh, you been working on anything else? I I just did like a row on my elemental cowl, so I'm not even going to show that, but that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. Nice. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about acquisitions. Did you acquire anything? I'm acquiring a new HVAC unit. That's it, though. (laughs) I actually got yarn. I got six skeins of Uptown Worsted, which is- Oh, for your blanket. Yeah, for the blanket that's been 
abandoned for a while I probably honestly won't work on it until it starts getting cooler yes because uh west coast heat wave hello but yeah six games of uptown worsted which is a really nice affordable acrylic I really like it for acrylic projects worsted weight and it's in the navy colorway so yeah six games of this for the blanket that I have abandoned until cooler times come nice if i was home i would make you look at some of my planes some of my sock yarn for vanilla socks because i'm probably going to finish my witches brew socks so i want to bring up more vanilla socks with me uh Mm -hmm. to my trip but i am not home so i can't do that sorry you you can send me pictures when you go home Mm -hmm. we just won't be able to do it for fun podcast content it's true it's true oh my gosh can we talk about Colt Corner now? I'm very excited for a Colt Corner this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guys know, oh, I can barely contain myself. Yesterday, I came up with the idea to do for a Colt Corner dildo mythology because there's a surprising amount of it. There is. <laughs> We're going to talk about dildos in mythology uh, today. So I guess to start this off, I'm going to talk about the oldest dildo myth in human history. It's probably not the oldest dildo myth in human history, but it's the oldest recorded dildo myth in human history. I'm taking, taking, I'm listening to a great courses on Egyptian history. um, And it briefly talked about the Osiris myth. And since this is a, 5,000 year old myth. Uh, There are many variations. So let's talk about the Osiris myth in the Egyptian creation. It's pretty similar to the Greek creation mythology. And there's, there's like uh, the founding of the earth and then like paired sibling gods that are the first inhabitants of the earth. And there is Osiris and Isis who are brother and sister, husband and wife. Um, and like the benevolent rulers of Egypt. And then there's in every mythology, there's one character whose like defining personality is that they just cause trouble and they're an asshole. And in Egyptian mythologies, that's Set and um, Set's sister wife. I think her name is Nephthys, but don't quote me on that. And she's actually pretty chill and like not down with all of Set's BS. So it varies in the mythology, but Set makes somehow tricks Osiris and kills him. And in different versions of the myth, like his body is in a sarcophagus thrown into the water or his corpse is just thrown into the water and or cut into pieces. The timing of this varies, but in all versions of the story, Set is involved in killing his brother and his body is eventually dismembered. Um, Isis being his uh, devoted wife, often with the help of Set's wife, Nephthys, uh, she's she's very chill. She helps Isis in some versions of the story. Isis um, has to reunite all the pieces of Osiris's body in order. He becomes the first mummy and then the start of the whole resurrection culture in Egypt. But in many forms of the myth, uh, Isis is able to reunite, is able to find every part of Osiris's body, except for the phallus. And they say that the, the fishes ate it, the fishes in the Nile ate it. Uh, so she, Isis, creates a prosthetic phallus and uses her divine magic to reanimate uh, her husband's corpse. 
And in some versions of the myth, she even, while it's uh, in this process of reanimating it, she copulates with Osiris's corpse and becomes pregnant with their son, who is the sun god, Horus. Uh, There's different timings of that in some versions before he dies, she's pregnant in some like she becomes pregnant during this like reanimation ritual thing. But I think that so that's the first dildo ever made. I like it. (laughs) Isis doing it to make her husband whole again. And I'm putting whole in quotes because like, obviously, like you can be a whole person if you're not if you're, you know, missing a part. But I thought that was really interesting about Egyptian mythology. So because of this foundational myth about I, o- Osiris being made whole again, and he, he like after he's resurrected by his wife, he is like a whole God and he does everything that gods usually do. And he is the first mummy. So when humans were preserved, say they were missing an arm, the embalmers would make a prosthetic arm so that when this person was resurrected in the afterlife, they would have have that arm. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, that was a really, uh, those were some nice intentions as far as a burial ritual goes. Yeah. (laughs) That's the first dildo myth, but okay. There's a Greek one Mm -hmm. and it's way funnier. (laughs) You ready to hear a Greek dildo myth? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. So everybody's favorite party God is of course Dionysus, right? He is the god of wine and getting trashed and doing drugs and having sex because every culture needs a party god uh Dionysus is also a son of Zeus and not a son of Hera and uh, if you're familiar with anything about Greek mythology Hera is not pleased about Zeus's bastard children um so in many versions there's like obviously lots of mythologies there's different versions um Dionysus's mother it, they have different people they say it is he is persecuted and he has to go to the underworld to find her and he's so Dionysus is journeying to the underworld to find his mother who's being persecuted and he's having some trouble finding his way to the uh to the underworld and this nice uh shepherd I think Prosimnus is his name this shepherd Prosimnus he helps guide Dionysus into the underworld so that he can fulfill his quest to help his mother. And Dionysus says, oh, thank you so much for helping me on my quest. How can I repay you? And Brostimnus goes, I want to, I want to have sex with you, Dionysus. And Dionysus is like, great, I'm going to finish my quest. I'm going to come back and we'll do the thing. I'm stoked on it. And Dionysus goes to the underworld, helps his mom and comes out a different way than he went into the underworld. And, you know, when you're in the cosmic realms, time passes differently as in lots of mythologies. And so when he, he's finished with his quest, he learns that Prosimnus has died and he can't fulfill his duty to honor this wish of this person who helped him. (laughs) And he's really, he's like disappointed because I'm assuming Dionysus was looking forward to having sex with Prosimnus as well. And so Dionysus carves a phallus out of a fig tree and puts it on Prosimnus's grave and fulfills his promise to have sex with Prosimnus. <laughs> and that's the Greek story of the first dildo. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but throughout Greek and Roman history, there were all these mystery cults and the Dionysus mystery cult was really a popular one. 
And like, frankly, I feel like rich people of all times have liked to do a bunch of recreational drugs and have orgies. And this was just something that Greeks and Romans love to do is just go into like the cult of Dionysus and do all this mystery stuff. And this was one of the, those like mystery myths you'd find out about. This is not a popular one. It was a mystery myth you'd find out about when you joined the cult of Dionysus for your like drug and alcohol feud fueled Dionysian revelries. Nice. <laughs> I love dildo mythology. <laughs> it's great. It is great. Oh man, that's that's about all I've got. Okay, well I have some fun stuff. Tell me tales. <laughs> so do you know the origin of witches flying on brooms? I know a little bit, but I can't wait to hear you tell me about it. I learned this recently. I didn't know this. I'd never thought about it. Like, why do witches fly on brooms? Where does that come from? Well, let me tell you, the reason is dildos. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there are hallucinogenic plants in the world, right? That uh, mm-hmm. will make you hallucinate such as deadly nightshade, mandrake, jimson weed, these kind of things. And during the Middle Ages, these plants would be used to make brews or ointments or witches' salves. Uh, this is all like mythology. There's not like, I mean, you know, the 13th. There's no recipes for this floating around. I mean, there are, but like, we don't know <laughs> if people use them and like that kind of thing. Uh, so <laughs> uh, somewhere in time, People discovered that you could absorb the hallucinogens through sweat glands or through mucus, your mucus membranes. or through your mucus membranes in your rectum or your vaginal area. Uh, and these plants would make you really sick if you ate them. Like you would get diarrhea and like vomit. So it was a lot more pleasant of an experience to not eat them and to insert them into your body in other methods. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the, the first recorded uh, note of a broom being used as a ointment applicator uh, was in a 1324 investigation of Lady Alice Kite Tiller, who uh, was arrested for witchcraft. And this is a quote from that investigation. In rifling the closet of the lady, they found a pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's galloping on a broom and uh, it's probably a euphemism for, you know, inserting the broom. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then this is another uh, record from the 15th century. Uh, That's another like just witch trial thing that references this. Uh, But the vulgar believe and the witches confess that on certain days or nights, they anoint a staff and ride on it to the appointed place or anoint themselves under the arms or in other hairy places. Oh, yeah. So uh, one of the reasons why we think about witches riding brooms is because they were maybe uh, 
writing brooms. Uh, writing brooms, wink, wink, uh, and uh, <laughs> throw some hallucinogenics in there. Uh, and then the origin of why we think witches fly on brooms, uh, we don't really have like a direct connection, but it's kind of assumed because of the hallucinogenic nature and like maybe the feeling of flying or lightness. Uh, that is where the broom actually flying you through the air comes from. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I wonder if early depictions of witches flying on brooms was less writing them like. Yeah, the really early ones. It's a they, different orientation. It is. Say. It It is a different orientation. If you look up like really <laughs> old drawings of witches from the 1300s. Uh, they are not riding the broom like a motorcycle so much like they do in more like a pogo stick. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, there's different angles happening. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's my fun. Uh, dildo knowledge. It's it's so funny because that's so ubiquitous in like representations of witches everywhere all the time they always have a broom that's a huge thing uh so I, I just think it's interesting that that's the origin of that and i had never really thought about it i learned that in my uh the sex witches feminism book that i got i just love how like there's just this undercurrent through mythology and modern occult of of dildo use mm-hmm. well and it makes sense right with like the fear of witches and like women having power and like uh not cis sexual men agency. having power yeah yeah sexual agency not dependent on a um cishet man cishet man mm-hmm. yep and then there's good old dionysus who just wanted to get messed up and have a good time with his handsome shepherd boy Yep. <laughs> oh man, Greek and Roman mythology cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just fantastic, and I, I think that's about it for us this week. We don't have any, um, we don't have any shameless self promotion. If you know of any other foundational mythologies about dildos, please <laughs> let us let know. Us know. <laughs> We'd love to hear it. Um, you can get in touch with us through many different sources. We are Fiber Coven all across the internet together. Um, we have Instagram, we have Patreon. What am I missing? We have a website, fibercoven.com. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Yep. If you're looking to buy my yarns, they are available at Valkyrie Fibers Tahoe on Etsy. And I am Valkyrie underscore fibers on Instagram. And if you are looking for me or my patterns, I am Kitty with the Cupcake on Instagram, Kitty with the Cupcake on Ravelry, Kitty with the Cupcake on Payhip, and Kitty with the Cupcake on Etsy. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, if you like what you've been watching or listening to, please give us a good review. We'd love if you could rate and subscribe and all that good business. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for spending your time with us. And until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.